Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Dr. Kidd, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. Ooh. Coming mm-hmm. out hot with this. Coming in. That's what we're doing. We're hot. Because we got a good one tonight. Oh, hello. This is one uh, I think we had always probably mentally planned on without actually planning <laughs> on it. It just seems appropriate. It's very appropriate. For an episode. This is right up our alley. I love uh, when we get a chance to do like a part one, part two kind yes. of episode. Here we are. I'm yeah. Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast, and we're going after a couple of big ones <laughs> tonight. <laughs> you know, I think this movie has a big name. It's got, I a, think it's a, it's got a big name, for sure. This movie might be one of those movies that has a more notorious name compared to amount of people that have seen it. Probably. Uh, this one's notorious, but it's The Slumber Party Massacre. Yeah, I think that that's such an obvious horror movie title it yeah. feels like a horror movie title that would be used on uh, a sitcom it feels like they were they... sneaking out of the house to see the slumber party massacre exactly it feels like they they had just cut up a bunch of words like horror movie words and then just <laughs> yeah. put them in a hat here we go what do we got slumber yeah, it feels like a All simpsons right. episode Perfect. where you know slumber party massacre 13 yeah would be the date could have easily been the texas slumber party massacre yeah you know something like that and so i think it has kind of a famous name mm-hmm. and it's the i love that it's the slumber party <laughs> you, massacre you, this is you're it, a folks. big fan of movie the <laughs> well it's so definitive it's like nah this just isn't a slumber party massacre it's not <laughs> it's not any run of the mill this is the slumber party massacre yeah you've come looking i remember you really love it i and i was fully on board the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Hell yeah. <laughs> when people refer to a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they're referring to this one. This is the. The <laughs> Slumber Party Massacre. Words, words matter. This is the Slumber Party Massacre to end all Slumber Party Massacres. This is it. The. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, about as straightforward as a slasher gets. Mm-hmm. But it's a actually uh, we saw it as a uh, double feature with part two. Yeah. Which we will get into later, but... It's a part of a Women in Horror Month because... I had no idea yeah. that not only did women direct Slumber Party Massacre and Slumber Party Massacre 2, and I believe 3, mm-hmm. but different women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was two different women, not the same woman doing parts 1 and 2. Right. So it was an entirely female-directed franchise. And written, I believe, also. Yeah. Um, the interesting story that of the research I did, so... The director of this first movie, Amy Holden Jones, I think she was just Amy Jones at the time, um, she got her start by making a short film that Scorsese saw. Oh. He hired her as his assistant on Taxi Driver. Then she starts editing movies. She edited Corvette Summer. Oh, sure. And some other stuff like that. And uh, this was kind of her first foray, foray into uh, directing. Oh, cool. This and, is like uh, her first project. The first big behind, you know. Yeah, and and it was like, not Corman, but maybe someone associated with Corman had mm. this script. And it, the script was written by Rita Mae Brown, who's, uh, she wrote it as a parody, but they told uh, Amy to direct it <laughs> as a straight ahead, straightforward well, That kind of makes some sense, because there's some scenes that are so uh, either blatantly exploitative mm-hmm. and clearly comedic, but they're not in a comedic setting so I, I, that makes sense hearing that there's a this was written one way but you're gonna do it this other way it gives it right. that kind of disconnect right so and, and uh, i think this one's kind of famous just yeah because of the the women involved in making it but it carries a, a strong message that you don't see in a lot of slashes i think uh as far as giving you a feminist uh perspective and uh so that's why we saw it as women in horror month yeah uh, with the second one so yeah, it, it's a very much by the numbers '80s slasher. Sure, a lot of boobs, a lot of blood. <laughs> there's, there's some gratuitous boobs this in this one, especially early on. They yeah, give you, they is... give it to you right up front, which is always nice. <laughs> that's what it felt. The that's one of the big elements that felt so satirical to mm. me is it was almost so gratuitous mm-hmm. that it felt like it had to be a joke. 
because the movie opens with like this girls' high school basketball scene. <laughs> yep. And they're all wearing short gym shorts and brawless <laughs> like gym shirts. But I can swear, man, the shorts keep getting shorter <laughs> the longer the game goes. And it's this long basketball scene. And I could swear, by the Gratuitous. end of the scene, all the shorts are just wedged right <laughs> and I'm like, And it, was, it felt so blatant that it felt like they were doing it for like a sight gag. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, the movie has this bizarre tone. And then it goes into like a comedy shower scene. Yep. It <laughs> so it then does. also does the shower scene, but they're but it's like the nudity is so gratuitous mm-hmm. and so exploitative that it is like comedic. Right. That does one of the slowest body pans <laughs> I have seen in a movie. And this is when you're already having a full girls basketball team sharing one bar of soap. <laughs> As an excuse, that was disgusting. they were like just passing the bars so the just so the camera could pan to the next set of boobs, mm-hmm. which feels again so obvious. Right, that they're like, what's the dumbest way we can just show? Like they're doing these boob sight gags, <laughs> and it gets to this one girl, and it does the slowest pan down the length of her body. Let's pause on butt. <laughs> All right, back up, back up, back up, back it up. It was it was so comedic how obvious it was. This is all the first five minutes of this movie, so it's like what are we what are we watching in the dark with uh, with these strangers right <laughs> yeah, now? Yeah, really. Yeah, the, it was a that shower scene does go on a little bit long. <laughs> You're like uh looking side to side a little bit. Yeah. Uh, how we doing folks? How's everyone enjoying the movie? Yeah, we got like sixty people in there all in the dark, <laughs> just like <clears throat> <laughs> Just every set in the movie uh, on display. The basketball scene was just amazing. It's just like you get a sense where when you see sound cues and other things for a movie, they're usually titled after just a brief description of the scene. And, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, house, night, walking home. Mm. Oh, that's that music. I figure that cue is probably called just like all of the tits in a soft (laughs) (laughs) T-shirt. Like... It's so ridiculous. It is sort of. It feels like a Joe Esther house mm. kind of flick. Like it's so gratuitous, and so that jumps you right in. And I was on board, man. It has such a funny little, little quirky sound effect score. It was like apparently the whole thing was just done on a Casio. Oh yeah, like literally and one. It's, instrument. it's like that that perfect '80s slasher Casio score. Yeah. And so already it's getting all those right vibes, all the right notes. It's like, oh, okay, I'm into this. Mm -hmm. I know what they're doing. I was into it. We got our first big kill in that same shower scene, like just a little bit later. Mm -hmm. So I love the uh, reappropriation of the shower for then a totally gruesome, kind of good tension kill. That was a good kill. Yeah, we we learned pretty early on that the uh, a maniac has escaped a local uh, psych hospital. I got a lot of Halloween vibes actually early oh, on in this movie. Definitely. Um, with that music and the way it lingers <laughs> I mean, on women. And there's all a that bunch stuff. of movies that took Halloween and were like, <laughs> all obvious. right, yeah, we just dick around on a keyboard and yeah. then we have a guy killing girls. So uh, yeah, we 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 find our killer on campus pretty quickly. He goes after the the uh, telephone lady first in the oh, van. Oh yeah. The- Oh right. So, so we also get our introduction of the nerdy boys who are going to be Dude. following these girls to their slumber party Here's eventually. A, let me tell you, <laughs> this had to have such an effect on some horror movie fans growing up, because if you know, there's a lot of teen horror movie fans, outcasts, mm-hmm. and they're watching all these horror movies that always cast the dweebiest guys. As the guys that also have these chicks that are about to be killed, we get a couple of absolute dodos with these two, and we gotta listen to these chuckleheads. Yeah, yeah, talk a about numbskulls. Yeah, talking about all the pairs of boobs they're gonna sneakily spy on because they're a couple of zebes. Well, they're talking like which 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 one you gonna get. I don't yeah. know. You want the new girl, Valerie? I don't These know. These guys are the dorkiest dudes <laughs> to be talking with exactly. such 
confidence. Yeah. You just get this oozing vibe of completely unearned confidence from these guys. They're obviously just boys. Yeah. And, and uh, But they see this woman working on the telephone line, and he's like, oh, I'm in love. It's the real deal. Yeah. And so these he's are... like, I'm going to go pick up this professional woman <laughs> while I'm at school. <laughs> Holding my books. Yeah. Wearing my little pop collar With turquoise polo. Terrible uh, come on lines. And then, but she gets pulled into the van and killed. Yeah. With uh, our weapon a, of choice in this movie. Drill. We got the driller killer. This movie makes no secret that this drill is supposed to be a, a murdering penis. <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty, 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 they're early pretty on. blatant about that early on. Mm-hmm. With this guy's thrusting and his drilling. I was just like, where? why is the drill in the telephone repair van? Yeah. Like, what is she that using works. that drill for? It's a big drill, It's man. a big drill. It's a two-hander. The, yeah. This isn't a handheld, like, power tool. This is a full-on, like... The one with that uh, handle jutting out of the side of it, yeah. you know, at a 90-degree, like, because you really need both. Like, what do you even drill? You're drilling into concrete with yeah, that thing. Yeah, that's like a, a baby step to a jackhammer. It's messed up. At that point. That yeah. Was, that's what this guy's wandering around It's a pretty gruesome uh, tool uh, for this uh, for the killing, so... Yeah, she's our first victim. Then, it, it, well, it also does that thing where <laughs> I know you've laughed at in other movies. It's kind of a, it's kind of a just silly take on the Halloween thing where uh, we just see our killer in like minute seven. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With no, it's like a maniac's on loose. Like, oh, there, that he's, it's him. It's him. It's he's that the guy. maniac. <laughs> we just saw him murder somebody in like daylight. Exactly. <laughs> Full screens, like, oh, well, there can only be one guy. <laughs> like we, so it's a movie that's just like, there's no mystery about this. This is the guy. Right. He's gonna kill everybody that you're about to be introduced to. Pretty much. So uh, that's that's always like an appreciative slasher tone. To like, it's like, okay, you're that kind of slasher. But this guy in particular, like, he's not wearing a mask or anything to be intimidating. He's just like mm. an old guy with a bad haircut. And like a tight red T-shirt on, like he's a, a very <laughs> unintimidating kind of figure. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm into his look. I'm, he had like kind of uh, looked like prematurely white hair, like a younger yeah, yeah. face than his hair, and uh, kind of a good crazed expression. Um, I don't know. I was into his killer killer mentality, but okay. I liked the girls the more. I like oh, yeah, yeah. I like this group of friends. You get a, t- a real Judy vibe mm-hmm. from the one. You were talking about uh, Sleepaway Camp earlier. Just because you thought you were going to keep calling Slumber Party Sleepaway. I, I was afraid I was going to keep calling it the Sleepaway Camp Massacre, <laughs> yeah. yeah, or something. I was like, it's in my head. It's so burrowed and now into I our will, brain. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Now I've jinxed myself for sure. But but the main girl who kind of sinks that one sweet layup in the, in the gym shorts scene mm-hmm. is also like totally Judy from Sleepaway Camp. Same kind of mean girl vibes. Oh, yeah. She's like the tiny girl of the group, but she's like the boss. Her name's, uh, are, are you talking about Diane? Diane. Great. Yeah. Diane. What would Diane think, though? Oof. Ugh. They answer to Diane. I love, I mean, you got Trish is kind of the mm-hmm. main girl. I like Trish. Uh, Valerie is the new girl. She's great. She's distant. You had the one that looked exactly like Holly Hunter. Yeah, Kim. Kim. She's okay. a classic. Uh, I think. Maybe was it uh, Jackie was the token black friend? Yes, <laughs> so that was a great black friend. Though she's great. I was team Jackie. The whole the whole crew she's though awesome. they they uh, I think we mentioned it maybe when we saw it about how it's like these friends actually like each other. Well, that was the theme with both of them, and that was what was so I was into it like refreshing, right? I I hate that horror movie trope, and we see it in <laughs> nearly every horror movie we watch. Where it's a group of friends go into a cabin. It's a group of friends. Goes, and all the friends do is just hate each other. Mm-hmm. Like they're just bickering and they dislike each other. And they're just hate to be around each other. Or it's like uh, in Evil Dead where, you know, Scott keeps just pushing everyone's buttons. Yeah. It's, like, it's just people just trolling each other for the yeah. whole time. <laughs> well, we recently saw dead dudes in the house. Oh, it's just guys. Like, why are these six people going anywhere together? Like, are they? Tr- was it? Did they lose a sweepstakes? This movie, Dead Dudes in the House, had a, a group of friends who were literally at each other's throats from the entire minute one. Movie. 
especially the one guy uh, who's like the repairman. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why are you even talking to this guy? Yeah. He is the biggest asshole <laughs> on the planet. Him. Every the whole trip is made up of like everybody else saying about somebody else who invited this asshole. Right. And Evil Dead's like that too, man. They're already in the car on the way up. Like, oh, geez, this is gonna be a long weekend. Exactly. They had no idea how long, but already it was like either way. Uh huh. If there was no sorcery involved, still gonna go home an unpleasant trip at the end of the week. And thankfully, the Slumber Party franchise brings the touch of actual friendship to the movie. That's part of what made Halloween work so well. Definitely. Uh. It's not that the friends have to be super buddy-buddy and getting along, but they have to seem like actual friends. Right. They have to seem like people who actually hang out with each other and have known each other for a bit. Feels very natural in Halloween. Yeah. Same in this one. You it know. just makes all the friends stronger as people. And Valerie is a good uh, new girl who's kind of on the outside, and, and she overhears Diane talking shit, so she's yeah. kind of a... Uh, we get a mean girl. But she's the neighbor, so scene. she's nearby, and so... Yeah, I think everything kind of play, and you know, there's just a lot of this one's got just the great characters of like the the neighbor guy who keeps sneaking oh, up on the girls, Mister. Uh, it was like Mister Cantor or Can- something. Con- yeah, uh, this guy. What I love about this neighbor is he's like the good neighbor who's gonna check in, and he's wearing like Hawaiian shirt Content. and yeah. Mister Content, weird name, and cargo shorts. Yeah, and you just think that he's gonna be the creepy neighbor. Even though the movie's already shown us who the killer is a half exactly. hour before. But Mr. Content is this guy who's kind of... This is another part of the what I feel was like a satire or parody. Is he keeps getting put into situations in other slasher movies where this guy would be the total creep, pervert right. neighbor. He would be a suspect yeah. in, in any other movie. Yeah, and this guy kind of acts like a creep and just keeps doing all of the right things. Just like he's like, oh, he actually is here for these girls' safety. Right. <laughs> so they keep making he's this harmless. guy up. Yeah, he's actually just like, he. they come home and he's waiting there mm-hmm. for them. And he's like, well, you know, I was worried. And, and it's like, it seems like an alibi. But then you realize, oh, he actually was worried. He actually right. did care. And so <laughs> I like that they crafted this uh, stereotype and they kind of kept breaking him. That's why I thought the movie was more clever than others were giving it uh, – credit for because mm-hmm. it did those parody vibes even while not overt they definitely were there and they added a little bit of a, a little bit of a turn of the dial well that you also had i thought this guy was a super creep uh diane's boyfriend uh who they call oh, that like ginger dude they kept calling him by his full name john minor john minor <laughs> so this so okay and this dude had the creepiest looks when he's just like lusting after Diane, this dude really put me on edge. Yeah, that's what I'm saying about them casting these dudes. And this guy was at least so the other two guys who were little, you know, window peepers mm-hmm. waiting for the girls to change those into their pervs. Yeah. into their nineties. Those guys are total dweebs. This guy was at least like a fo- you know he was like an athlete guy. Oh yeah, so he was buff, but he was this goofy giant ginger guy who was super molesty. Yeah. And oh, yeah, so every guy in this movie is like just a classic uncool dude. That's true. But no cool dudes in this movie. So where we said that I got how these girls are all friends and I get the social dynamic. One thing and we'll get into this more in the second one because I think the second one does it better. Some of the filler dialogue. Mm-hmm. In the Slumber Party Massacre is absolute low tide (laughs) (laughs) some of these girls have the longest conversations about nothing at all and like the scriptwriter did not know how teen girls talk Mm -hmm. so he's like uh what can i make them say for the next three scenes uh they could just be talking about this dodgers game dude what (laughs) was up with the dodger game Okay. Yeah. This is because we saw this movie like maybe a year ago or something, right? Okay. So watching it this last time, it was like there's 10 minutes (laughs) 
where they are trying to remember how many runs were scored in the game <laughs> yeah. the night before, right? This was the most. These like, girls are jocks. Yeah, this These was girls the are most. Jocks. I picture this screenwriter just like, all right, we're gonna pad this out with but, about ten minutes of Dodger talk. But you know, the guy literally, as or the girl, uh, you know, I guess maybe Rita, as she was writing this original <laughs> scene, who knows if she wrote it? I don't know. She's just got the paper on or the TVs on next to her. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, I can only imagine. I I can just imagine the screenwriter being like, I need to pad this out. Uh, What's that Dodger game? (laughs) I'm going to put the stats in. Dude, it spanned three different scenes where they would. would Multiple locations. Yes. It would just end. And then the next scene would be like. Hey, you know, I was just asking about the Dodger game and how how they scored all their runs. Well, say oh, got a yeah. single. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, I have so never and so got a home run. Yeah, yeah, and everyone's like, yeah, we know that. But this how movie they... talks about Dodgers right fielder Ron Say <laughs> more than the average '80s Dodgers broadcast. It was insane. Ron Say's name got brought up so many times in the Slumber Party Massacre. How weird is that if in Halloween they kept talking about, like, Reggie Jackson? (laughs) (laughs) Like, hey, did you hear about Reggie today? What did Reggie Jackson outfielder do? What did the outfielder Reggie Jackson hit? A home run? They kept talking about Ron Say's home run. Well, yeah, Reggie got a home run. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, you're talking about multiple locations. They call up the gym teacher, Mm -hmm. who's, like, the late 20s woman of the movie. Yeah. Cool, um, cool gym the coach. The cool teacher, yeah, yeah. Cool basketball coach. And they're like, hey, we were just talking over here and couldn't figure out how the Dodgers score. This whole party of girls, half-dressed, and all they're talking well, about they're, is they're Ron smoking Say's reefer, home run. They're smoking weed. Talking about and baseball. So, so they call up the teacher, and her first line is like, well, obviously, Ron Say's home run. Yeah, 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 no, we got that. It, Ron Say's home run. Yeah, we got it. Somebody's got to figure out, so just like good. somebody figured out what day Ice Cube was talking about <laughs> in It Was a Good Day. Ooh, we should. Like, That's funny. Somebody in Slumberbury Massacre is talking about a real Dodger game. It's also just such a, like, that was life before Google, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You just had to spend all night <laughs> a whole debating party. how many runs... And who scored what in the game before? Like, I guess there were no newspapers. If some guy didn't, nobody turned on the TV to find out. Dude, if some guy didn't start just killing all of them, <laughs> they'd still be just figuring out the end of that. We never got closure it's on so them tragic. figuring out how the Dodgers scored. Most of these women die not knowing they didn't if know if Ron Say hit a home run or not the night before. Oh no, if Ron Say obviously. Oh hit no, a home they did run. know that one. Okay, <laughs> everybody knew that one. That was the <laughs> that was the free space. That was the, the one middle. they got. Okay. Everybody knew about oh, yeah, Ron, Ron Say home got, run. Yeah. Ron Say got one. Uh. Obviously, Ron Say. Holy jeez. I've never heard a name mentioned, an actual so human's name. <laughs> just mentioned so many times in a totally unrelated movie. It was crazy. They were name dropping Ron Say like that dude's sponsored Slumber Party Massacre. Okay, and then <laughs> later in the movie, jump to just jump ahead on this one point just a bit. When eventually the coach comes over because she oh, yeah, thinks something might someone, be wrong. Right, right, right. She opens the door and she's like, Dodgers got a single. <laughs> yeah. Guys, guys, the Dodgers scored. <laughs> what? Like she had just been on the way over knowing that a murder had happened. And she's like, well, I mean, I'm still going to listen to the Dodgers game on my way you guys, over. Uh, see the Dodge? Uh, is the Dodgers on? <laughs> She was only coming over there because she was like, I think something bad is happening to these girls. She's like, well, no reason I shouldn't listen to the old game on my way over there. After all, I live a four blocks away. Crazy, man. These girls are so into baseball. It was, I had no memory of, of the Dodgers being such a prevalent part of the Slumber Party Massacre. They're really putting us in a certain place and time, weren't they? Yeah. This oh, is man. the slumber party massacre. The slumber the party night massacre. Of, the night of Say's home run. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a night that will live in infamy. And then poor Ron Say getting all of his thunder stolen. Uh-huh. The night of his oh, big home run. he's not making run. headlines yeah. with this massacre going on. Next day's papers, top of the page, <laughs> A1, the slumber party massacre. Down here in the right corner, 
say it's home run in Dodger win. Or no, it just says, say homers, question mark? <laughs> <laughs> like the paper doesn't know? Yeah. Ron says kick to B2 <laughs> over here because of the slumber party massacre. This is a tale of just, just, oh, you wouldn't believe my luck of poor Ron say. A bunch of teen basketball hotties get drilled to death the night he breaks a tie. Oh, man. Poor guy. That's beautiful. Oh, can't put that on the back of my baseball card now. <laughs> Everybody goes like, yeah, exactly. oh, wait, I recognize that date. <laughs> oh, that's the date of the Slumber Party Massacre. Right, right. Ron Say hit a home run on that day, too? Oh, forever the Garfunkel now. Terrible. He's Avis to Hertz right there, man. <laughs> Poor Say. Poor it's Ron. probably the first time someone's talked about him in Poor this Ron decade. Say. Yeah. Love oh. you, Ron. So more Ron Say action. So, yeah. No, <laughs> that's just, yeah, that's totally what half this movie is, though, before we really get yeah. to the drilling. There is this long sequence of them just talking just nonsense, and then all these fake scares, mm-hmm. you know, the the typical fake jump scares but i thought that i thought the movie had a pretty good handle on jump scares Mm -hmm. and that kind of atmosphere though because i like the girls all at uh you know one house Mm -hmm. one nice house friends are out of town and i like stuff like going out in the dark garage Mm -hmm. and did something move outside the window i thought this movie handled those kind of tropes really Really fun. Right. Valerie, the new girl, she's got the younger sister, uh, Courtney. Oh, who's sure. A, who's a real brat. Courtney is the our lead in exactly. Sleepaway. Or- <laughs> <laughs> you did it. Yes. No. Yes. Uh, in Slumber Party Massacre 2. <laughs> Beautiful. In Sleepaway Camp Massacre 2, Courtney's uh, the Courtney. lead. Ugh. I ate it. <laughs> uh, I slipped on the ramp. But yeah. So we Love get the bratty that. sister in uh, number one, and I like the sister relationship we got too. Yeah, good sisters. We get a uh, we get a great sister stealing a porno mag scene. This Courtney is a, is a horn dog. <laughs> yeah, the girls are very horny in these movies. Yes, which and uh, the guys are too, but, but man. In, but in the positive way. It, yeah, you know, the, the, everybody's horny in the these. The girls are never movie. like forced into doing anything they don't want to do, or they don't feel that uncomfortable. One, that. Was it Joe Minor? Yeah, yeah, John Minor. John Minor, he was a coercer. Definitely. He he was he was really laying it on thick to get Diane. But Diane's like, uh, she had the great bit where they overhear her on the phone. Uh, Am I getting better at it? Oh <laughs> so man, she's no, invested. I like doing it too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That kind of dialogue again seems like, oh come Ugh, on. That was rough. No, but that kind of thing seems like it. Oh, they. They have to be doing this as a wink. Yeah. You know, am I getting better? <laughs> Come on. The most craven, weird dude writing a slasher movie is like, nah, that's too much. Yeah, right. That's too, too on, on the, the nose. nose. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're going to, I'm going to hear about that one. So that, I mean, e- Eli Roth would be like, no, that's, <laughs> that's too much. crude. <laughs> so I love that. No, this woman. No. Yeah. Amy's just putting it in there. Mm-hmm. That's great. And so, yeah, I mean, people were kind of dumping on this one after seeing it, but I think it does a lot of things right. Well, I we love, get, we I get love good the girls kills. and the kills. The drills are... The drills and the kills, yeah. Drills and kills. Good slashings with the drills. You get the pizza man showing up with his eyes oh, drilled that's out. That's a great effect, yeah. You know, don't the ask. John Minor gets his whole head drilled off somehow. Then the classic, like, she comes back to the car, like, all right, we can go now. And then the head just flops off. Yeah, Diane, who's, like, their boss that we established earlier. We get this whole, after they start talking, stop talking about the Dodgers. Then it moves into um, almost exclusively conversation about whether Diane is going to leave to (laughs) go bang John Minor. Exactly. And so they're listening to a phone call between the two of them. And then John Minor shows up, and then Diane goes out and chats with John Minor. Then she goes back in and tells the girls she's going to go hang out with John Minor to get beer. It's like, golly, we mm-hmm. are just talking about Diane about to go have bad car sex. <laughs> like, then, 
this movie really ate up some dialogue chunks with the Dodgers and Diane's uh, it just, teen sex life. It's one of those where all of a sudden you start going like, wait, why are they friends? They don't <laughs> seem to have anything in common. They're just talking about a baseball game for an hour. Like, yeah. how about them uh, Dodgers? That's huh? when the cracks started like, showing yeah. there. Huh? That's when sl- <laughs> that's when it was clear that Slumber Party 2 was the uh, the champion. Maybe, maybe. But... Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I like the driller killer. It does get a little. Uh, we start dropping the comedy and go into more blatant mm-hmm. kills. Mm-hmm. We get the great scene with Jackie eating the pizza. Yes, on the body of the dead pizza guy. That that's was a, a that's good a good bit. food eating in a movie scene. Mm-hmm. Just eating a, a slice of cold pizza on a dead body. Hey, we gotta eat. Hey, yeah, I think she said something like, "When I feel bad, I eat." Yeah. And I feel real bad right now, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, um, no, adds up. Yeah, we get some good, uh, you know, and then the driller killer at the end kind of turns into this uh, kind of woman-hating, obsessive man, Yeah, you know, character that they, they eventually gang up on him and, and take him out. But, yeah, uh, I don't know, yeah. I, we get, it's, it's a, it's we a get bit, some uh, the big emasculating scene when Valerie, the new girl who's mm-hmm. been kind of ostracized by the cool girls, uh, has to come and save the day. Mm-hmm. People are getting off left and right, drilled through their bodies. All the all the fellows get killed. Yeah, and you know, the, the and not a thing killed. was lost. Yeah, but when Mister Content died, oh, and he got it quick. Yeah, he he, got he was just checking in on the gals, somehow completely innocently. Kept waiting, killing snails. Kept waiting for Hawaiian shirt guy to be a, an accomplice. Mm-hmm. And then he just gets offed. <laughs> I like the I like the movie playing with those kind of conventions. But yeah, you get the great heroine in Valerie, the neighbor. Uh, I I really liked her performance. And I don't know. Uh, I, I it was weird that people kind of people are kind of down on this one. Like mm. they too much view it as a Halloween ripoff. But I kind of like it's its own thing. Well, I, I think, like these I like these girls. I think uh yeah, I like the girls in this one. I think that maybe it's a just a bit by the numbers, maybe played a little too Yeah, straight. once we start getting into the kills, it is just people running around a house getting yeah. murdered. But good moments and with But the, that. but we build to the the big emasculation moment where Valerie knocks his drill off. She cuts his drill in half. Yeah, yeah. somehow. The dr- his big old dong drill. And then, uh, yeah, she. Well, she's got this great scene where she's like in the garage, like uh, trying to find a weapon. Yeah. But she, it's like Bruce Willis in Pulp Fiction, where she keeps finding like a bigger thing, <laughs> yeah. and then a bigger. So she eventually has a machete, <laughs> and she runs out with the machete. Yeah, cuts the drill in half, and he he gives the oh uh, kind of weak, yeah face, and then she goes after the hands, and that's a great. The effect. hand is some gore that uh, a, that pops real great, well. Great shot where yeah, the machete just lops the hand off. It was a really sloppy cut. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it was good. Rough. And uh, then you get his like Jason moment rising out of the pool mm-hmm. with one hand. <laughs> right. You know, pulling himself up. She. He also got a ghastly deep cut from that machete right across the guts. Cross the guts, and then, yeah, he gets impaled on it, I think, at the very end, Yeah, too. they yeah. cheated on that cut. She mm. got him good. And then he's he's pulled himself out of that pool, that oh, core yeah, strength. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. No, that cut was deep. Then they, 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 they lessened the <laughs> cut when he was out of the pool. There. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so I guess, you know, the slashery stuff was a little little rote, but I like all the girls and uh, thought the comedy stuff did work, actually, pretty well. Yeah. And uh, I, I didn't realize until getting to see them back to back just how much of an actual sequel they tried to play it as. Mm-hmm. It didn't need to be, but they did try, and they did something pretty interesting with joining the two movies. Because sometimes they do a sequel that is not related at all. Right. Like, I mean, we've talked about before, Sleepaway Camp 2. <laughs> sure. Doesn't need to be a sequel. Or the way they played uh, the Prom Night. Prom Night 2 is totally different. Yeah. Prom Night 2 is like a supernatural movie. Yeah, well, and that gets into Slumber Party Massacre 2 then, maybe. Yeah, so Slumber (laughs) Party 2, 
follows now. Electric Boogaloo. Yes. The Legend of Curly's Gold. <laughs> Slumber Party Massacre 2. Um, it follows Courtney, the bratty kid sister who stole a playgirl mm-hmm. from her uh, from her sister Valerie earlier. She did. That's the f- I think that's the first playgirl theft we've had in a movie. It's always the boy. I think maybe first play girl <laughs> play, appearance. Play girls. Period. Well, I with, mean, with Sly Stallone on the cover, no less. It was Sly. Oh man, the Italian stallion was on the cover. <laughs> You're right, because usually real horse girl. This one, because <laughs> <laughs> um, you know it's a boy in a horror movie stealing his big bros porno mag. Right, right. That's a little more commonplace. A teen girl <laughs> stealing her high school age girls sister's uh playgirl i think that's the first mm-hmm. i think slumber party massacre pioneered that well in that first movie courtney was a was a little horn dog yeah she, she, was, had, she had that she had the the phone call with a boy you know right kind of unrelated to everything else so yeah she was a very uh mature for her age but yeah we catch up with her what maybe i guess five years later five years it's, later it's after the events here. of so it's another one of those um this is supposed to be the real time events years after the events of mm. the slumber party massacre because mm-hmm. now courtney's in in high school different actress yes because we get wings star crystal bernard yeah as courtney yeah she's the new courtney she's pretty cool we get uh so this movie which one was your favorite okay so <laughs> which one did you like more here's what i will say um as a uh, slasher, I like the first one more. First one definitely had the more vintage slasher formula. It, it is by the numbers, but it hits all the numbers and it hits all the marks well. The second movie is a fever dream <laughs> with like a uh, rock and roll angle in it. And it's damn entertaining, but I don't think I would necessarily want to watch it as many times. You think you'd put Slumber so. Party 1 on like in the background more often than you would have the second one on. If if I even if the second one's a more creative and interesting If I'm making like an all time classics horror movie list, probably the first one goes on. If I'm making a like craziest attempts at horror (laughs) movie list, the second one would be second one. So I appreciate the second one. I, I think I I'm a I think I'm an even bigger fan of the second one. And I totally get what you're saying about the first one. It is, uh, I have some of those kind of slashers that I'll just put on just because I like the synth music. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, and I like the, the bickering and the, the chaos. And I'll I like all the baseball writing. No. I love, and that's where I get a lot of my early 80s Dodgers news. Yeah. I'm checking the record books against <laughs> it. Yeah. But uh, I love that the second one just goes it's kind of great let me let me say the first one clearly says oh halloween's the greatest horror movie of all time let's do a cheap halloween and they did and it was good next biggest horror movie in between those years nightmare on elm street Mm. and so then slumber party 2 just says hey let's just do cheap nightmare on elm street and i love nightmare on elm street knockoffs this was freddy this is 100% Freddy. Yeah, I, that for some reason did not even click with me, but yeah. you're totally right. Um, yeah, this one actually, I love the beginning of this one. Uh, starts off with, with Courtney sleeping and having a dream about a, a boy Yeah. and the dream getting hot and heavy. And then uh, all of a sudden something terrible happens and she has flashbacks to the first movie and then she screams and the title comes out of her screaming mouth. <laughs> Slumber yeah. Party Massacre 2. Yeah. Uh, but this one has, uh, yeah, a lot of bizarre stuff it gets happening so, in this one. So we had seen the first one. Even if my memory wasn't right. sharp on it, we had known it, what it was all about. I don't think any of us had seen the second one. No. And it is like a straight rock and roll horror musical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it is Nightmare on Elm Street with song and dance sequences about a girl band there's weird dream sequences like it is a sequel that does not try to be anything like the first one mm-hmm. it does its own weird thing and that moment is no clearer 
then pretty early in the movie we get a dream sequence that is straight david lynch oh yeah this movie has a lot of uh, that kind of vibe to it and, and, and in fact as we were watching it i was like I'm kind of glad I saw Lost Highway recently because that prepped me for this movie. Yeah, <laughs> in you did. A lot of ways. <laughs> you said that after. Yeah, it was like this has got a lot of that kind of it vibe. Genuinely, to it. with no hyperbole, it feels like a proto Lost Highway. Right. Like this movie came out in '88, which even predates Twin Peaks. Uh huh. But what's wild is that first dream sequence feels exactly like a Twin Peaks dream sequence. Mm -hmm. Down to the slowed down, potentially played in reverse bass music. Mm. It had that same like weird syrupy Angelo Badalamente dream score. Except this was three years before Twin Peaks. But it was the exact same tone as one of those David Lynch scenes. Yeah. And immediately I was like, holy shit, they are nailing this. It's 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 really fun to watch. It is, definitely. Uh, even if you don't know exactly what's going on yet. Because it is such a such a departure. Yeah. From what you would expect with the first one. Um I think the theater we were in, uh, we'd seen the double feature. And the first one was was rowdy. Yeah. People were in, you know, it was a slasher, people were having fun, and it was one of those, you know. People liked seeing women getting killed a lot on the screen. Boobs and blood. And the second one, people were, this sounds like an excuse, but people were in kind of a stunned silence in Mm. spots. I think people thought they were getting the exact same thing. And I think there was a collective confusion buzzing about in the crowd that we saw it with. And whereas there other people were confused, I think all our group was more just like, Holy shit! Well, like on, this we have tapped into something new. On the surface, it does actually follow a lot of the same plot points as the first one. In yeah. that, a group of girls go away somewhere remote, this time a condo, mm-hmm. for a slumber party. Good location. It's this Good un- condo. in development uh, suburban neighborhood in right. a mostly undeveloped area. So you get this out in the middle of the desert, random condo. Totally. Building. Kind a, of like a uh, Bluth family uh, yes, house. Yes, very much. Development. And, yeah, most people haven't moved in yet. Right. Uh, so that's a cool setting. Uh, you get the boys following them. Yeah. Peeking in on them and then eventually joining the we party. We get a great collection of girls. Oh, yeah. The, this movie's big success and that, that eventually fell apart in the first slumber party with all that Ron Say talk. <laughs> <laughs> no baseball talk in this one. Oh. No. The the actual friendships in Slumber Party Massacre 2 were so strong that we got a girl band. We do. This is a rare flower in the <laughs> horror wild where the main victims in the movie and heroines in the movie are also all in the same band. Oh, you could not. I had no idea that was a thing in the second movie. And I could not have been happier to see that prop up in a movie. Well, we were, we were watching it, and in the first scene uh, with Courtney, you see this like teal guitar in the background. Yeah. And Sean leaned over to me. He's like, I hope we see her play that guitar at some point in the movie. Mm-hmm. Five minutes later, cut to the garage band. Yes, in they're having a practice. rehearsal. And I go, they're, she's playing the guitar. <laughs> oh, great girl it was, band. It was a cool band. Um it, they look and and they got that great late '80s like surf punk style mm-hmm. look, you know. Oh, cool girl band. Well, into that, you got it's like her best friend is with her in the band, but then the two other girls yeah. who are the bassist and and the drummer, they seem like they could also have been like 28 years old. They were <laughs> the very, drummer, uh, but they were cool. The girl that played the drummer, the the year after this movie. She was one of the girls in society. Oh, okay. Yeah, rec- recognized her. So that was, she did a couple of big genre movies back to back. Well, uh, the one girl uh, who played Sheila, she was in one of the Jasons, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. she was in you know Psycho Three and stuff. So sure. yeah, these were some these were some actresses with a little bit of pedigree. So yeah, so sure. you can't really say they looked like believable high school students yeah. per se, but they felt like believable friends. 
And I loved that. I loved that, like, oh, you can see what these girls are going through. They're having fun and playing music. And up to that point, the music element was just these girls playing their music. <laughs> yes. And at a certain point, this movie became a rock and roll, like Rocky Horror kind of thing. Because she's still having nightmares about this driller killer. And we learn that her older sister, Valerie, after the events of the Slumber Party Massacre. Right, from the first one, yeah. Is now in an insane asylum. Mm-hmm. So this party at this new developing suburban complex is for her birthday. Because we learn her mom wants to go visit her That's right. sister. It's in my the birthday ed- on Sunday. I don't want to go to a mental I don't want to go to the insane asylum yeah. on my birthday. <laughs> we feel for Crystal Bernard that. in those moments. Because you're that. like, yeah, I wouldn't want. Yeah. Yeah, no. I'm with her. Any other day. 364 <laughs> other days of the year. You're making me go on my birthday. Yeah. Ridiculous. A terrible and, request. <laughs> <laughs> and so I like all those setups. This movie does horror setup really well. A lot of classic horror elements, right down to the fact that, so she's suffering from nightmares because she's still traumatized from this trauma yeah. that she went through, so much so that she starts seeing things. And that leads to a call to the police mm-hmm. that she saw this killer. That she's seeing this driller killer. That's when we get introduced to the Driller Killer. Except in this movie, he's like black leather Elvis. Yeah. And the movie became way more in those elements like Trick or Treat. Remember the uh, rock and roll heavy metal horror movie we saw? Absolutely. Because this guy's a full leather jumpsuit. He has this crazy red H.R. Geiger guitar mm-hmm. with a drill bit coming out the neck the ultimate axe yeah the driller guitar one of the coolest weapons oh yeah in in a slasher that i've ever seen but yeah we keep getting these glimpses of this guy and he's dancing around like he's one of the stray cats oh <laughs> he is, is really the thing i kept getting it was like this must be like a this is every time like, we cut it, away to the driller killer he's like it's in a foggy room, yeah. like Billy Squires' Rock Me Tonight video, exactly. where he's just like finger snapping his way through, and we're like, "What? What the fuck? Wait, what?" And he's got like these boots with like the sh- you know the chrome. He's uh, got like ends. spurs with like toe taps, right. On these cowboy boots, and he's wearing a full leather speed suit with like chains hanging off, and he's got like a ducktail haircut, and like, wait the. The hair, the dude from the other movie was like some weird flannel shirt wearing, exactly white haired psychopath. Dude. Yeah, and, and this guy is just like Eddie and the Cruisers out there, just like hundred percent drinking a malted. She keeps, yeah, she keeps <laughs> having know? these nightmares, so she'll be flashing back and forth, and the boy she likes, and all of a sudden it'll be like, <laughs> like actual, just like shredding sounds, like the dude's kicking in a door, playing the guitar. She's like, what? So she keeps thinking, yeah, so eventually Courtney's having these visions after they have a night of drinking and the boys come over and everyone's partying. Yeah, she wakes up, she's having visions of the killer, of her friend with a pimple. Yeah. Having this exploding pimple thing The girl that went into the drummer. Yeah. She has this big old bulging, growing, weird zit. So she starts seeing, yeah, that's when it becomes. She sees like a hand in in her sandwich. And it's like all this like really bizarre like Cronenberg kind of shit. Yeah, it gets all Cronenberg and Elm Street. The sandwich sloppy Joe hand scene is so good because it's all the boys coming over and they're going to do some grilling. Yeah. And, every, and so we get this great barbecue scene, and the girl goes to bite into her sloppy Joe, and it's the cut-off hand from the first movie. They sliced his... Uh, yeah. Oh. So, yeah. And then, uh, what, then everybody else is like, Jesus, what, uh, well, what's the matter with her? You, oh, yeah. you put too much ketchup on that sandwich. This bloody stump of she's, a hand. Yeah, she screams and throws the burger, and I love how she's just like, my burger was weird. Yeah. It was weird. I don't know. <laughs> But, man, I started feeling so bad for Courtney because she is freaking out. Oh, yeah. Time after time in this movie, she keeps thinking she sees something. She goes to take a bath, and all of a sudden there's the full-on Freddy in the bathtub type sequence. Yeah, man. With all the blood in the tub. This rock and roll greaser kept popping out of everywhere. And it's like... Well, that's so... So that's what I like when I say that 
the movie is so silly in that it's trying to be some sort of campy song and dance slasher that I yeah. think totally succeeds, by the way. But it still has this dedication to classic horror elements, and it's able to do these jokey things while actually setting up plausible horror scenarios. So she's having all these visions, and they finally have to call the cops because mm-hmm. she's so scared. And the cop scene is so silly because first you have officers uh, Kruger and Voorhees. Yep. And the cops are such doofus parody horror movie cops that are not believing the victim. Right. And are being total. I mean, it is, I love Officer Kruger. Yeah. He's Officer- like, I don't know what kind of drugs this one's on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't want to hear from you again. Yeah. <laughs> And the first time we even hear from Officer Voorhees is the kind of derpy looking. Officer Voorhees basically looked like the ginger dude that got his head cut off from the first totally. summer party yeah. as a grown, Strong John as a grown man. Vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is John Minor is That's Officer funny. Voorhees. And so he's just sitting in the back there kind of being a, a chuffed, chest out, doofus cop. And then... After Kruger has laced into them enough about their drug usage and being like, tell you what, I don't want to come back out here tonight, okay? I don't care what's going on out here. Uh Like, he just doesn't want to deal with it on a Friday, you know? Right. And I love the first time we hear from Voorhees, he goes, hey, Denny's is holding our booth. We got to go. Denny's is holding our booth. That's a good horror movie, dummy line. Yeah, they're regulars at the Denny's. Yeah, Love these that. dumb night cops that got to get to their Denny's. They can't right. even eat local. Right. They got to go to the chain diner. What a couple of pigs. Yeah. But it sets up these actual horror movie moment when, you know, the shit hits the fan and Crystal Bernard's character then calls the cops and they're immediately... They, they blow uh, no, her off again, right? No, exactly. We already told you we're not coming back out there. But just her whole deal of just uh, she's finally you know at this sleepaway uh, sleepaway camp. <laughs> <laughs> she's finally at the slumber party. We're tied up, baby. Son of a gun, and uh, <laughs> she's with the boy she likes, and everything seems to be what going. What a square jaw derp. Well, yeah, that guy but was. She likes. I mean, what he's a, a nice wet boy. end. But and then but then she keeps having these freakouts where she thinks the chicken is attacking her like a racer head style. Oh yeah, man. She thinks, you know, everything is going wrong. And so you see the guy oh. the guy just being like, Okay, yeah, I believe you saw something and he's like, Ugh, this is the you know girl what? I like. This Ugh. dude is they they spend the first half hour of this movie building up this kind of cute crush right. of these two. And then immediately the guy is just like Oh man, this is this is a lot of upfront ask a right l- here. Right, like I got to be on board pretty hard, really early a lot with of luggage. this. And then the the other like kind of surfer guy, TJ maybe, is just like, oh my gosh, she's, she's ruining my weekend, man. <laughs> TJ had that teen. He was like a guy in his early twenties, but he had the teen stubble mustache. Yeah, and was a total Spicoli. Yes. Just like, whoa, man. <laughs> like, oh, love that. Yeah. It kind of added to the whole movie's surf punk vibe. You know, hard ocean Pacific vibes coming from TJ and these girls. Well, so eventually uh, they all, uh, she keeps freaking out. So she stays at home. They go out and party. They come back. They're playing music in the living room. Yeah. She has the dream again. And the driller killer this time becomes real. Yeah. That's a it's a total without so Elm Street is so brilliant. Elm Street's like top ten all time horror movies, obviously. Uh that movie's so effective mm-hmm. as a horror vehicle. And so much of that horror is, you know, there's a lot of things built around uh, you know, staying awake and how the bad can only happen when you're asleep. This movie is like the Elm Street that just does away with all the like, you know, no, no, don't fall asleep. They just get right to, like, the nightmares becoming real. Exactly. And just terrorizing these people. And, yeah, you really start to get strong Elm Street vibes where, God, it's so camp Elm Street, where you get the scene where all these girls are running from this guy, and it cuts to the the killer up on the rooftop, just playing a freaking solo to the moon, Mm -hmm. while the girls are just screaming, and he's just up there shredding in the moonlight. 
just hot licks. Well, the whole as soon as he becomes real, he is just such a clown, dude. He he, he, he does like living room break dancing. He does a whole musical number in the house, and uh, but yeah, he he immediately drills through the boy that she likes. Yeah, gets him right through the chest. She's screaming. She's saying, "It's a dream! It's a dream!" And then he picks up the severed arm. Does this look like a dream to you? <laughs> And he's just such a goofball the whole time. And yeah, he does this whole song and dance. But the song is not about like, I'm coming to get you or anything. Yeah. The song's like, <laughs> I got money. I got a place at the Ritz. Yeah. I, I have a lot of songs. He's just doing like classic rock and roll too. He's just showing just off his regular, catalog. like standards. Just some deep cut standards like rock and roll. That is, so that this movie gets. what I could not No, no, no. This like, movie gets so many things right. This movie finds its own voice so early and does so much so good, but one thing that it absolutely falls flat on its face over, the music does not fit anybody in the movie. Yeah. Like, the girl band is a cool band. When they showed that one bassist leaning up against her amp during one of the solos of the song, I'm like, I'm going to quit my job <laughs> and just be a roadie for this band. Exactly. This band is so damn cool. I'm going to get in on the ground floor. But the music... So they look like, you know, that band La Luz? Mm-hmm. You know? I've seen them a couple times. Love them. They're all cool girls playing cool-ass surf rock music. They look like as cool as La Luz. And then the music is just like... All right, what songs awful. are available that we can just buy off of the catalog? Just awful. A lot, awful songs. A lot of catalog music in this movie. Yeah. And it doesn't really totally fit the rock and roll driller killer scenes, and it doesn't sound like music that these girls would be making. It's not – I don't think it's terrible, but it doesn't feel personalized to the movie. It just, It's a distraction. Yeah. And there's actually a few moments – where I think the driller killer kind of has some actual menace. Yeah. And you kind of see him in the background of things. He he eventually goes through these girls, you know, one by one. Yeah. Uh, he And the boys. I think he kills all the fellas as the well. The dudes in this deserve one. to die in all these movies. And uh, and there's moments where you see him in the background. and But then as soon as there's that hint of menace, then it just goes back to being boom, like... Boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Suddenly he's like doing doo-wop finger snaps. And it just kind of ruins so it. It's so wild. Yeah, it just kind of blows it. It So it, I will say for me, it both ruins it, but also totally elevated it to its own weird thing. Mm-hmm. It was such a commitment to this rock and roll horror violent tale that i kind of just gotta love it based on it's like no we're doing this mm-hmm. and the camp element stayed strong enough throughout in combination with the horror and you don't really get a lot of good camp horror it's there right but i, I thought this movie was hitting more often than it was missing camp without being parody necessarily yeah right yeah the parody elements were there but it had a lot of good actual horror and the Elm Street was not a ripoff. Like, they actually got behind the elements of Elm Street. Mm-hmm. And we even got kind of like a cool twist at the end where. Right, you get the reveal at the end that. That, uh, that Courtney herself might have actually been the one that's crazy. That Valerie it might was be all fine. A dream. And Courtney might have just been trapped in this own constant hell of girls' weekends being terrorized. Mm-hmm. And I kind of. That makes me dig that. I loved the execution of that kind of twist. Yeah. When I describe it right now, it sounds kind of trite. It sounds like a played out horror movie twist. But I wasn't really expecting it from this. And it kind of makes the story make a lot more sense mm-hmm. as a quality movie. And it's a great final shot mm-hmm. when you see her in this little kind of almost attic looking insane asylum like, you know, yeah. room. And then the drills coming up through the floor. Oh, yeah. Uh, cool, yeah. It's a cool visual. Cool. And it's a cool turn for the movie that actually fits the the vibe and story of the movie. Because like I said, it didn't feel like a an Elm Street knockoff to me. Right. It felt like a movie that properly utilized uh, the elements of Elm Street into a weird song and dance, leather-suited, right. silver-tongue driller killer. But this, again... You got this crazy guitar prop. 
these weird dream sequences. And I think people understand that listen to us <laughs> what a Twin Peaks dream sequence is like. Sure. It's sure. a lot of slow motion. It's a lot of weird like, well, this guy's talking fast, but this other guy's talking really slow. The movie breaks that out. It's like they're doing Lynch before Lynch was doing this kind of thing. Right. This and the sister nuts. the sister being like, Don't go all the way. Kind yeah. of like a, a Twin Peaks For- we talked uh, a week ago about Gretel and Hansel, about how it's this blossoming womanhood movie, and so much of Slumber Party Massacre 2 is like, don't go all the way. <laughs> yeah. Don't partake of sex. Yeah. Like, geez, we are, this is different viewpoints of the feminist spectrum right here. And, ugh, but the execution in Slumber Party Massacre. Uh, this was what like a barely theatrical release. It looks like it might, yeah, it, it, like the, some select screenings. The IMDb then says straight to limited DVD. release, but then it says video release like a week after. Yeah, so, so yeah, this I, was yeah. this had a premiere in a, in the town that it was made, and then Probably. went to video stores. Yeah, but this is one of the stronger uh, video store era direct to video horror movies. For I'd me. imagine, yeah. Uh, Especially in the sequel market. In the in the movies that are named a sequel, like Sleepaway Camp 2, for the sole purpose of oh, getting... you did it again! No. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the movies in the video store era that just had a sequel title right. for the sole purpose of catching eyeballs. Like, well, I've, I've seen the first one. I didn't know there was a second Titanic one. Titanic 2? Yeah. <laughs> Titani. <laughs> you know? The, uh, I mean, this... I. For a strong sequel in the 80s slasher genre, I love that this one did totally different stuff mm-hmm. than the first one. I love in a movie. It's nowhere near the peak of Sleepaway Camp and its brilliant sequel that stands on its own. None of the movies touch either of those. But for a sequel to a horror movie, I think it definitely ranks among like prom night standards. Totally. Where you had a very different sequel, but two very strong movies within the franchise. Or, uh, you know, the Poltergeist and Poltergeist 2 and 3 are actually pretty cool. Right. So they stand with that level. Both the Slumber Party Massacre 1 and 2, I don't know about 3, but uh, 1 and 2 are both on Amazon Prime. Yeah. You can I've stream not seen them right 3, now. but it seems like now we at least got to see I think we have to. Three. I, I, I yeah. hear it's probably... It's supposed to also be entertaining. Um, okay, but that yeah. was from that was from ninety. So I, yeah. I, I I like that. So we'll we'll go out of our way to check. But yeah, that both out. these movies are like seventy five minutes. Mm. You can knock these out in an afternoon. That was the beautiful thing. Um, Talk about a perfect double feature on a Thursday night. Totally. When the first movie is eighty five or eighty two, and the second movie is seventy five. Seventy five minutes for a slasher. Give it to that's, me. That's. That's yeah. all it needs to be. Give me that. Exactly. Oh, every night. Give me that. <laughs> 75 minutes. That's like, well. I'll, I'll do that all we, day. We got a movie here, I think. I think we got this as a movie. Absolutely. 75 minutes is gorgeous. Oh, so Slumber Party Massacre 2 at 75. That's brilliant. Mm. That's a directorial decision <laughs> that pays off. I appreciate that. That's a double feature that we saw on a Thursday night. We were out of there at like 10 p.m. Yeah, I was shocked. Perfect. I was shocked, actually. Perfect. No, but Uh, (laughs) so I love that genre of horror movie that kind of sticks within the franchise's universe, but does something totally different. Right. The fact that they reused the characters and and, uh, had a a connection to the one, but then just when it's entirely different way, even in genre. I mean, this this is more like, yeah, like that Nightmare on Elm Street kind of fantasy horror rather than just a normal slasher some guy with the drill definitely not (laughs) running the mill the second one definitely not running the mill i loved it i was on board even through some of the longer song numbers yeah that we got i think that also might be what makes me maybe not watch this one over and over as much is because there are about three songs where (laughs) i think i could skip i think i could skip the uh song the the scene where the girls just sitting on a couch oh no acapella writing the song just like I want a boy with a lot of stuff. All right. Yeah, yeah that's she, good. Write that she down. She writes a real clunker on the couch. We Oof. get to see some real... 
that kind of thing i think has it really shied me away from songwriting as a craft. <laughs> You're a man who's written some songs. And I hardly ever let anyone hear them because they're ridiculous. But just the idea, I think you I think you as a songwriter can watch a scene like Trish sitting on the couch writing an absolute pile of crap. Like I've been she's there. like, I want a guy with a fast car. <laughs> and you're just like, oof. oof. That'll never be a hit. <laughs> yeah, and you're just sitting, and you're just sitting there, just like, God, I get that. Yeah, right. I get it, Trish. You just don't like seeing that pain of Trish and her cool shorts writing the total garbage song. It's tough. Oh, yeah, brutal. See, I saw, so, saw yeah. myself in the mirror a little too closely there. Yeah. <laughs> so I do love for actual classic horror slasher violence and nudity. Slumber Party Massacre one is obviously the movie. Absolutely. But for just a weird, supernatural, night waking nightmare horror experience with crazy amounts of camp, the second one is brilliant. So there you go. Total recommendation on both. Go we love movies here. Check them out, guys. We love them. <laughs> but no, this was a good night. That was a good night for a weird couple of horror flicks. Yeah. I dug it. Uh, it's come to this. It came to this. Uh, again, I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. We're having a lot of fun with these. Uh, I hope you are having fun I hope fun you're listening. having as much fun yeah. as us. This is good. Um, we will be back. Uh, we'll be until back. Until then, good night. <laughs>